hit the intro. Come on. A bada bing, bada bam. Welcome to this week's Bacon a Mystery, Bacon a Murder episode. Today, we're not really baking anything that serious because I bought these online and I really need to try them. If I don't do it in this video, am I ever gonna try it? Am I ever gonna hold myself accountable? Welcome to these cookies. These are prepackaged cookies. They're an AAPI owned business. They don't know that I exist, but it's called Kahenme. I'm not saying that right. We got a sesame, we got a matcha. I'm gonna try to make an ice cream cookie. So that's the complexity of today. But it's because today's story is intense. I recently bought a film camera. And it's interesting because it really feels intimate, almost illegal to get it developed by somebody. <laughs> After I leave, I'm always like, what if I accidentally took a picture of my skirt? Like, what if I was sitting on the camera, on the chair, and it went off without me knowing? I mean, that's so intimate, and now they just have a butt shot of me. Like, it would, it feels so strange. And I always wonder, what kind of things do these film developers see in their day-to-day? -day? I don't know why these bowls are so big. <laughs> it would just make me feel strange. What do you think that these film developers see? According to Reddit, because I went on there, the most reliable source on the internet, they said that they see a lot of wild things. Primarily drug making, like people taking photos of them cooking up meth in their kitchen, like it's Food Network, Meth Network, sexual activities, and a surprising alarming amount of CP. What? And it is actually against the law, so they will call the police if you... You really think that you can just have CP developed at your local freaking CVS? I don't think so. I don't know why people even think that's a thing, but they do it. CVS develop films? Camera? Yeah, they always have like a little like a film booth, a photo booth. Oh. I got my passport picture taken out of CVS, I believe. You know, surprisingly, CVS does a lot. Yeah. You know? They do a lot, but lower their prices to a reasonable degree. <laughs> Why is goldfish $5 million at CVS? <laughs> is your goldfish different there? I need to know. <laughs> oh, that's the matcha one. That color is already to my liking. It does, it's not giving that dull matcha color. It's giving that vibrant green moss matcha. I just find it to be a very interesting job that I could feel, I feel like you could have a million stories to tell, you know, of all the most intimate moments that you've seen. Even if you don't get any illegal things, just seeing pictures of people smiling on vacation. And I'm sure you'll probably see it on social media, but it feels a lot more intimate to see it being developed, no? Like you yeah. get a first-hand look at even all the shots that won't make it onto social media. So this is about the movie called One Hour Photo. It's literally what you imagine. And it revolves around a middle-aged old man by the name of Cy Parrish. It, this character is played by Robin Williams. Um, rest in peace. We've all seen the way Robin Williams looks, right? He looks so sweet. He looks soft and gentle. And even in that movie, he kind of keeps up with that look. He takes on a bit of a childish, naive adult role throughout the entirety of this movie. So it does feel unsettling because it feels like something's not quite right about Sai. He is someone that has no idea of what social cues are. He thinks that the world is a certain way and everything is going to go that way. A bit naive, I guess, is the vibe. It's exactly how you would say it. But he is properly dressed all the time, kind of like an older dad. Not like a cool dad, but like you're very proper going to church. That was more than a tablespoon. He, he doesn't really dress like a cool dad, like definitely not a George Clooney type, but I'm talking like your loose polo shirts, trouser pants that are a bit too loose, a very big unstylish jacket, metal rimmed glasses, and definitely a receding hairline, okay? 
He's balding. It's fine, but that's just the look that he is. He always dresses in like this monotone, depressing aesthetic. It's just, he doesn't seem like he has a happy, fulfilling life, but you can trust him. He looks like the type of dad that you would trust to give you a ride home after practice. So it's a bit of a surprise when the movie opens with him getting arrested and his mugshots are taken and he's being dragged into this interrogation room with stark white walls. I mean, the whole interrogation room is white, which you just know that this only takes place in movies. I have very limited firsthand research knowledge. Having only been in a few police stations myself and never in an interrogation room, I just, I don't imagine that over all these years with all the different types of characters that they've seen in there, it's not gonna remain stark white and so clean. It almost looks like a stereotypical mental asylum look, like just pure white snow. Nothing on the walls. It's very spooky, it's very unsettling. So Saya is sitting there, hands cuffed in front of him on the table, and the detective walks in with a file. Sai, we've processed the film that was on you and the other one from the hotel. You left one at the hotel, did you know that? Can I see the pictures? No, this is not some sort of courtesy we do. This is evidence. The attorney that you asked for is coming in 30 minutes. So you don't have to answer any of my questions till she gets here, is that clear? Okay, so what's going on? We suddenly have a nice police officer who's gonna wait for the attorney, like that's weird. And uh, the detective goes on, Sai, Can I just ask you a simple question though? What is it about William Yorkin that upset you so much? I mean, what did he do to provoke all of this? And we see Sai thinking hard about this question. Maybe he doesn't have an answer to that. Or maybe the answer is too complicated to sit there and tell this police officer right now. Maybe it's the latter. Because Sai tells us, the audience, family photos depict smiling faces, births, weddings, holidays, children's birthdays. People only take pictures of the happy moments in their lives. Someone looking through their photo album would conclude that they live joyous, leisurely existences, free of tragedy. No one ever takes a photograph of something they want to forget. Sounds like common sense, right? But Sai would know this very detail Im intimately. He worked at Save Mart, which I guess is like their Walmart in this movie. <laughs> he worked at Save Mart at the 24-hour photo booth, meaning all day, every day, all this guy did was develop photos for random people, random families. They were all strangers to him, technically, except the Yorkin family. The Yorkin family were Sai's favorite. Like, Nina Yorkin was his favorite customer. She was this tall, young wife. Will Yorkin was her husband. And they were just picture perfect, literally picture perfect. Will Yorkin was a furniture designer, very wealthy. They lived in this, like, mid-century modern, almost mixed with, like, a Japandi style. It was beautiful. They had a nine-year-old son named Jake. And Nina had a thing for taking pictures of everything in the family's life. So she was stopping by constantly. Whenever she did, Sai would jump up from the back, rush out to the front, and personally take her order. Today we have three rolls of film, uh, two copies each. And he noticed that one of her film rolls inside of her camera had one picture left. So he pointed at Nina, trying to take a silly little photo, but she turned away. So it seems like Nina doesn't really like getting her own picture taken. Mm -hmm. So Sai, being all cute, snaps a photo of himself to finish off the roll. Hmm. Now, nonetheless, he tells her that, you know, you're my favorite best customer. Um, usually, I would say that since we're about to close, the prints won't be done till, mo till tomorrow, but Miss Yorkin, you can come back in 40 minutes. He goes to the bag to work on her prints, but we see that 
on the form that he lays down at his desk. Instead of writing down two copies per film like she asked, he wrote down three copies of film. Yeah, you know where this is going. So Sai continues to tell us, I've been in this line of work for the past 20 years. I consider it a very important job. Think about it. When someone's house is on fire, what do they save after their pets and their loved ones are safe? The family photos. That's what they save. Some people think that this is a job for a clerk. They actually believe any idiot who attends a two-day seminar can master the art of making beautiful prints in less than an hour. Of course, like most things, there's far more to it than meets the eye. You have to edit some of the picture, color correct. You have to go through each negative to make sure that it's perfect. The amateurs will leave you with these milky, washed out prints or too dark of a prints where the shadows are overpowering. There's no sense of reverence for the service that they're providing for these people. I, on the other hand, process these photos as if they were my own. I didn't know they color correct. So they go through a round of photoshopping in the back? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you look so good on film, you know? No, I'm just kidding. They're face tuning you. We got Dr. Miami in the back <laughs> at CVS. So Nina comes back for her prints 40 minutes later and Sai proudly tells her that he did all of them. And he says, wild birthday party, huh? Huh, Jake? The nine-year-old's there. Anyway, um, Mrs. York and I printed them and they all came out nice on the five by six. Oh, I wanted them four by six. Oh, uh, Miss Yorkin, the bigger ones are better, and I didn't charge you any extra for them. That's okay, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. And, and the total is $30.06, and $30 but we can call it at even at $30. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sai. And you know, we have a special gift for birthday boys. Really? Birthday boys get a free disposable camera. <laughs> and he takes one off the shelf and gives it to him. Wow, Jake, what do you say? Thank you. And the little nine-year-old Jake takes the camera. Nina pays and tells Sai that they're going to Six Flags that weekend. And they'll bring back the camera because, you know, Jake's probably going to go crazy. So she's like, see you very soon. Meanwhile, Sai is very awkwardly watching the two of them, like analyzing them. He sees inside of Nina's shopping bag, looking at what she's bought. She has a book by Deepak Chopra, which he notes. <laughs> he doesn't comment. He just smiles and nods. Well... Okay, then I'll, I'll see you this weekend. Have a good week. Nina goes home, and really it does seem like the perfect family is just beyond the picture. The pictures came out really cute. I mean, Jake's birthday party was such a little hoot hoot, okay? But even the way that the family are sitting there on the couch, Nina and Will with Jake sandwiched in the middle, teasing each other about the pictures, goofing around about the pictures. I mean, they look so cute. But Will stops and stares at a picture. Oh. Wait, how did this one get in here? They look over, it's the picture of Sai. And Jake says, oh dad, that's Sai the photo guy. Sai the photo guy. Yeah, he took it to finish off the roll. Well, okay, I guess we now have a picture of Sai the photo guy. Again, very cute stuff. They all giggle, they're all hee hee ha haing, and then they head to sleep. Meanwhile, Sai finishes depressing job in the fluorescent lights of Save Mart and goes to the back of the depressing, now empty parking lot that just feels so freaking desolate, only to see that his windshield is cracked. And he sees that someone had thrown a freaking rock into the windshield, cracking the glass and it's just a really depressing juxtaposition between the two families. You know, you have Sai who seems a little bit depressed and miserable, and then you have Will and the Yorkins who seem 
just so blessed and happy all the time. It's, it's just a sad juxtaposition. So he's thinking, freaking great. He gets into his car and heads over to his favorite diner and sits there eating, drinking coffee while going through the photos. Yeah, I mean, are we surprised? He took a copy of the Yorkin family photos for himself and he's intently studying Jake's birthday party. But what's interesting is that he's not even staring at the photos like he's this weird pedo that's trying to kidnap Jake. At least I don't think so, right? That's not the vibe that he was giving off. But what I do know is that he's almost looking at them as if he's looking at his own family pictures. And that's confirmed when the waitress comes to ask if he wants a refill on the coffee. And she says, what you got there? Family photos? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can I see him? Sai awkwardly hands them to her and she browses a couple and says, related? Yeah, um, that's my nephew, Jake. I just got him a camera for his birthday. Oh, well you might be his favorite uncle then. Oh, uh, I, I don't know about that. Well, let me know if I can get you anything, okay? Have a nice night. And with that, Sai grabs his little pictures and drives home to his depressing place. More fluorescent lighting, no furniture in his apartment. And while we get a montage of him getting into his apartment for another night of loneliness and nothingness, Jake is being tucked into bed by Nina. And he says, Mom, I feel sad. Why, Jake? What's wrong? I just really feel sad for someone. Why? What happened, sweetie? Nothing. I just feel bad and sad. I don't like seeing when someone looks so sad and they have no friends. I feel like everyone just makes fun of them. And that makes me really sad. Why, sweetie? Did something happen at school? No, I just feel sad. Okay, well, Jake, talk to me. For who? For Sai? The guy from the one-hour photo? Why do you feel bad for him? He just seems so sad and lonely. Well, we don't know that, Jake. We don't really know much about his life, sweetie. He could have a ton of friends and a girlfriend waiting for him at home and a, and a mommy and daddy that love him. But I don't think he does. Oh, sweetie, I think it's so kind of you to think of someone else like that. But listen, Jake, not everyone is as lucky as we are, you know? But maybe if we send them some good thoughts, it'll make them feel better. So why don't we close our eyes and send Sai some good thoughts? And the two of them lay in bed, sending Sai their good thoughts. Listen, Nina is nice, but it's obvious. She's trying to get her kid to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Nina is wrong. They really don't know much about Sai's life. But he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have parents that love him. He just has this lonely hamster. A freaking hamster that looks cracked out, spinning on its little wheel in its tiny little cage. And he just comes home to give the hamster some new food and water. That's all he has. And an entire house filled with no furniture, but filled to the brim with picture frames of the Yorkin family. But that's not all. When Sai is watching TV, as super depressing, just on his recliner, he doesn't even have a couch. His living room isn't even made into a home, just a TV and one recliner, just enough for one person. There's no furnishings, there's nothing and he's sitting there watching The Simpsons, and the camera pans to the wall to show an entire wall of the Yorkins family photos. I'm talking, this is years in the making. This entire wall, the biggest wall in his apartment, is covered by four by six and five by eight photos. There's not even an inch of space between each photo, like a collage. And this 
was years in the making. I mean, you see young Nina pregnant. We see her throughout the pregnancy, at the hospital, giving birth, all of Jake's birthday parties. He's been with the Jorgen family for what, 10 years developing their photos? It seems like he has kept every single photo that he has ever developed for years, for over a decade. He even has studio lights shining onto the wall so the photos will pop and stand out. It's the only other light in the entire living room other than the TV. He doesn't know how to like scam into the computer and <laughs> like know, get a flash drive. Yeah, upload to the iCloud and nah. like, he said on the wall. So we can look at it. He even has like a stepladder and a magnifying glass right next to it. So he gets up on a stepladder and uses a little magnifying glass. And you just see that all he does is dream about being part of the Yorkins' lives. And he felt like the Yorkins' family was as perfect as the pictures made them seem. So he's not just obsessed over her. No, the whole family unit. Huh. My cookies are ready to be put away. So mom, dad, and the son. Yeah. So after talking Jake into bed, Nina and Will get into a fight downstairs in the kitchen. So I guess not that perfect of a family. Will says, Nina, do you think money just grows on trees? Do you think money is dropped under my pillow by some sort of money fairy that flies in every single night while we're asleep and just drops an envelope of cash? Is that what you think? And it's like, whoa, what are you talking about? The new Mercedes, the, the matching washer and dryer. I have to work to pay for those things. I have to work. Do you even believe what you're saying right now? Will, this is not about things or even about money. I said that you're being neglectful. Do you understand that? You're an emotionally neglectful husband and an emotionally neglectful father. That's what I was saying. That's fucking ridiculous. Are you kidding me, Nina? You're not here, Will. You're never here. And the two start screaming at each other loud enough for Jake to wake up and sneak out. He seems stressed to hear his parents fighting, probably again. I mean, assuming that this is not the first time. And he goes back into his room looking defeated. Now let's go back to Sai. Sai takes his job very seriously. He shows up early to help clean the aisles of Safe Mart when really he only needs to care about the photo developing booth. He fixes his tie, his little glasses and the little mirror, the quirky little mirror that says check your smile next to the photo booth. He gets ready for the big day ahead. You see, Monday is the busiest day. People tend to take pictures on the weekends, and we have several regulars. Mrs. Von Worth, who only takes pictures of her cats. I have never seen a picture of a human being in her role. Just cats. Then we have Mr. Siskind. He's an insurance claims adjuster. He only brings in pictures of wrecked cars. He's very aggressive. No time for chit-chat. Wants his photos done by three. Always on the phone. Never even a hello. Then we get all the new parents, <laughs> which in this neighborhood, it's a huge part of our business. New parents go photo crazy. Cindy, a nurse at a nearby cosmetic surgery clinic, is a regular too. We do all the clinics before and after shots. And then you have the porn stars, well, the amateur ones. We have to report any CP and any animal cruelty, but anything else, no questions asked. We see all sorts of pictures. <music> Now a word from our sponsors, BetterHelp. Okay, I think a huge wake-up call for me was when I realized that I took more time and effort to take care of my car, to do routine car maintenance, car washes, engine checks, oil changes, pumping gas, whatever a tire rotation even is. I spent so much time on my car, and when you really think about it, 
Okay, stay with me. Our brains are kind of like our cars, but we really only get one for the rest of our lives. Sure, there's a lot of things we can do to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language, taking power naps, but also BetterHelp Online Therapy. I started using BetterHelp years ago, and I've honestly just learned a lot about myself. It has been such an enlightening journey. It took me a while to stop doing negative self-talk and I just, I feel so much more comfortable even with my own self after starting therapy. It's wild that I went so long in life without even really knowing who I was. I genuinely think that everyone should try therapy and BetterHelp is a great way to try it. BetterHelp Online Therapy offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours and our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com baking. That's betterhelp.com baking. And Sai takes every one of those prints very seriously. He does his best at his job every single day, every single role, even calling the guy who fixes the printers in when there's a 0.3 shift in colors in the ink. The guy's not happy with this. He's screaming at Sai while there's customers walking around. Next time you call me, the machine better be on fucking fire. You hear me? God damn it. I have so many printers to fix today. We don't touch shit that's below a two-digit shift, okay? No one's gonna even fucking notice. And he storms out and Sai yells out after him. Literally, this is in the middle of like a Walmart, imagine. And he says, oh yeah? Thanks for your precision work. Next time I'll just tell your boss that you don't care, so we shouldn't care either. And the whole store goes quiet. I mean, it's just not a good look to see the two of them fighting, and Sai's boss notices and doesn't think it's good either. He finds Sai in the break room and gives him a little bit of lecture. He's like, what the hell was that? I just wanted to maintain a minimum quality of assurance to my customers. Your customers, Sai? <laughs> Alright, Sai, those are Safe Mart's customers, not yours. You need to understand your position on the food chain. This isn't Neiman and Marcus. These are families who come here to save a few pennies on some freaking socks and groceries. Not to see fighting and yelling. They wanted to see that. They would have stayed at home. Okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. It was wrong for me to cause a scene and it won't happen again. Sai, you know, don't you have some vacation time saved up or something? You should take it. You know, go relax on the beach somewhere, lay in the sun, enjoy life. Thanks. I'll, we'll think about that, Bill. And Sai rushes out of the break room and runs straight into Will Yorkin, who's in a rush, but he's polite. You know, Will Yorkin is really the guy that's polite, but not very kind. So he's not going to be like, oh my god, how are you? He's just going to be like, hello. Mmm, <laughs> great, great to see you, right? And Will is asking him about one of the computer chips. Oh, sorry, this isn't my section. I can get someone down here, though. But you're Will Yorkin, right? I, I develop all your family's photos. If you don't mind me saying so, you have a beautiful, beautiful family and a very beautiful home. Oh, uh, That's not creepy at all. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I wonder what my reaction would be to that. Like, um... So Will's like, um, okay, yeah, th thanks. But I, I really do need to get going, so I just need someone to help me with this one question. Oh, yes, right, um, I have someone coming right away. The rest of the family here? Um, I'm sure Jake is around here somewhere. Oh. Well, oh, and that's the guy that works at the computer. Okay, well, have a great day. And so he starts walking off and runs straight into Jake. Literally, Jake runs into him. And he's like, whoa, 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 Jake. Gotta be careful. I was just talking to your dad. What you got there, Jake? A toy. I really want it. 
Jake's explaining the toy about how everybody thinks this toy is a bad guy, but he ends up saving the earth and like being the good guy. Which, side note, apparently Robin Williams was very much into anime, and this was actually one of his collectibles that he used in the film. Hmm. Very interesting. Jake is explaining the toy while his dad calls for him, and he's like, Come on, Jake, we gotta go. No more toys. And Sai says, Okay, well, I, I can put that back for you. Thanks, Sai. See you later. And all around, it seems like Will is slightly creeped out by Sai, but nothing too alarming, which I don't know. Maybe Will has a reason to be creeped out because after work, Sai sits at another diner, and this time, instead of looking at photos of the family, he is reading a book by Deepak Chopra. Yeah, the same one that he saw Nina had bought. And he says, I'm sure none of my customers think this, but these snapshots are their little stands against the flow of time. The shutter clicks, the flash goes off, and they've just stopped time, just for the blink of an eye. And if the pictures have anything important to say to future generations, it's this. I was here. I existed. I was young. I was happy. And someone cared enough about me in this world to take my pictures. Most people don't take snapshots of the little things. The used band-aid, the guy at the gas station, the bug that landed on the jello. But these are the things that make up the true picture of our lives. People just don't take pictures of these things. And Sai starts driving while he's talking and we see him end up at the family home of the freaking Yorkins. Remember how they said that they were going to go to Six Flags this weekend? Oh no. Well, he finds himself at the back door and he finds that the back door is unlocked. So he walks into the house and starts browsing through it. He even sees his picture stuck on the refrigerator door. So maybe, you know, Jake had put it on there and that makes him very happy. He goes into Jake's messy room and it's very different because you would imagine if like this guy is your stereotypical creep, he's going to be sniffing clothes and being creepy, right? Uh He just walks in like a relative and he's like, oh, Jake, you really have to tidy up your room. I bet your mother's told you a thousand times. He pees in the house, the toilet, and I don't think he wanted to be creepy. I think that he just wanted to imagine his life in this house. He sat in the living room, opened up a beer looking at the very scared dog next to him. And he's like, it's okay, Chet. Chet? He knows the dog's name. He's watching the game. And then he hears the front door unlock. (gasps) It slowly turns. Oh, fuck. The family's home. They all walk into the living room and they freeze. Sai is frozen on the couch, holding his beer, staring at them. No. And William says, hey, Sai. Nina says, oh, I thought you said that you were going out today. Jake screams and runs up to him. Uncle Sai, can you help me put my puzzle together? And we are jerked back to reality of Sai sitting in this car, staring longingly into the family home. That's what he wished his life was. But of course it would never be. Besides, he had to go back to work. And when he gets in the first customer, it's a woman named Maya. It's here. Are these not beautiful? Okay. Listen, I really love a moist, warm cookie, so I'm going to try it right now. Is it too moist? Okay, this is the matcha one. I undercooked it. It's too hot to tell. (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. What are you eating? Isn't that the best when it's hot? Can I have that? Mm -mm, Too hot to tell. 
We gotta wait. So the first customer that he gets that day is a woman named Maya. And he's taking our little order and he's like, Maya, what a beautiful name. How many sets do you need? How many copies? Uh, just one. You look very familiar. Have you ever developed prints here before? Maybe once, a long time ago? Oh, well, your face looks familiar. Do you work around here? Sorta. Uh, <laughs> I'm in here very often though, so. <laughs> well, we are very backed up today, so is six o'clock okay? I probably won't be able to pick it up till tomorrow or even the next day. Okay, well, see you then. Now, this is when the creepiness starts to really set in because till this point, Sai is just socially awkward, lonely guy vibes. Okay, the fact that he went to the house and was like peeking, that's a little bit creepy, but everything else so far, I'm like, oof, can't help but sympathize a little bit with this lonely guy. But this, this is where it gets weird. Jake is at soccer practice and the coach tells him to shoot his shot. You know, kick that ball into the goal. Come on, you got it. He tries, misses. Not really an athlete. But from the stands, he hears behind him a voice screaming, Good shot, Jake! And he turns around and it's Sai on the bleachers. What? A little strange. So after practice, Jake rushes to his bike and Sai is talking to him. Hey Jake, <laughs> I was going home from work and saw you on the field. Thought I would stop by and say hello. Your mom picking you up? No, I have my bike. Oh. And Sai starts walking with Jake. You're really good at soccer, Jake. Your coach is a bit tough. I wish I was good at sports like you when I was your age. <laughs> but I was always sick as a kid. You know, I always kept coming down with mono and hepatitis and, and I was fat. Yeah. Well, they call me chubby, but I was fat. I broke my collarbone once. To wear this weird cast. Oh, how'd you break your collarbone? I fell out of a tree. How's your dad doing? Good. Does he come to see the games? Uh, sometimes. He's really busy at work. I don't know. He's just really busy all the time. Sounds like an important guy. I guess. I don't know. He owns like a company or something. Well, I'm sure he works hard so that you and your mom can have nice things. Like that cool bike and those soccer shoes. I'm sure he would come to all the games if he could. Here, I got something for you, Jake. So the two of them walk to Sai's car and he takes out the freaking toy, the freaking toy that Jake was looking at. But this time, Jake doesn't look enthusiastic. He doesn't look like a kid who just got his dream toy. Is he creeped out? No, he just says, oh, Mr. Parrish, I can't take this. My parents wouldn't let me, but thanks anyway. And the next day, Sai follows, or rather, runs into Nina at the mall. He sees her getting food at the mall, and he goes and gets his own food and immediately sits down next to her at the food court. Out of all the stalking he does, this felt the most natural, I guess. <laughs> what? In the sense that, like, he's playing the most natural, right? So Nina is on the phone with a friend, talking about how the shift happened a few weeks ago. Just feels weird. I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like we're not really connecting anymore. Probably talking about her relationship with Will. And she hangs up, she notices Sai sit next to her, and at first it's just small chit-chat, talking about how's Jake, uh, about how Sai had watched him grow up. He said, you know, I almost feel like Uncle Sai. Awkward laughter. Did she find it awkward? Yeah, Nina's like, well, <laughs> gotta get back to some serious shopping, so I'll see you around. Yeah, sure, have a good one. And Sai pulls out the Deepak Chopra book. And he starts reading it. In front of her? And Nina notices and goes, Oh my god, that's so weird. You're reading that too? I mean, it's such a coincidence. I'm reading that book. And she sits back down. 
Yes, uh, he Deepak Chopra has so many good lines in here, and like the thing that he said about fear in here. What did he say? Well, he says, "Oh, let me find it, Nina. The thing we fear the most have already happened to us." Wow, <laughs> I had no idea that you were such a deep thinker, Sai. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that. Do you have any children, Sai? Me? N no, no, I'm, I'm not even married. Girlfriend? Me? No, no. I, I do have a picture of my mother, though. And he takes out the photo of his mom, which we saw earlier that he bought from a thrift shop of a random woman. Side note, okay? Just bought a random, like, olden day photo. What? Black and white, like a high school photo. Why did he buy that? Mm hmm. And it's paleo, keto, gluten free, plant based. Mm. Mm hmm. You know, it's like the perfect Asian cookie because. Asian's favorite compliment when eating a dessert. What is it? Favorite compliment? When a super Asian person mm -hmm. likes a dessert, what do they say? What does your sister say? She says, mmm, I like it, not too sweet. <laughs> 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 that's like such an Asian <laughs> thing. You bring them a cake that's sweet. Literally, I brought them a birthday cake once to his family's house and it was sweet and everyone was going, <laughs> I brought them something that wasn't considered a dessert and they go, good dessert, not too sweet. I'm like, ma'am, that's mashed potatoes. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Definitely not that sweet, but mm -hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mmm, this black sesame. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he said. Oh yeah, not too sweet. <laughs> And he hands this picture to Nina. And she says, wow, she looks very nice. She's passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Gosh, you know, look at the time. <laughs> I gotta go, Sai. It was nice chatting with you. I'll probably see you soon. I can't seem to go a day without taking a picture. So, yeah, lucky for us. You bring us a lot of business. Bye now. So that was score one for Sai. This was like emotional manipulation at its finest. He brought that picture to be like, hey, Nina, look at my dead mom. Don't, Don't you, you love me? me? And uh, not that he wants to date her. He literally wants to be Uncle Sai. He just wanted to get closer to the family. So at first you think it's score one for Sai, but not really, because the next day Sai gets called into the manager's office. The manager had been doing some investigating and he found out that there are hundreds of prints that are unaccounted for that don't correspond with the sale. So remember how he would print an extra mm. copy, yeah. but he didn't charge her for three copies because then she would know. So there was a copy that wasn't charged. Yeah. Sai doesn't say anything. He says, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Sai, I think that you do know. And I just want to say, I've got a family, Sai. I'm not going to lose my job over something like this. And you just see Sai starts crying. And for some reason, like Robin Williams is literally such a captivating actor because for some reason, this cry is almost like this pitiful cry. It's almost childlike the way he cries. His face will scrunch up into this pained expression and I don't know, it's just so depressing. Like this guy has nothing but this job and he's given his all for over a decade to this job and all he cares about are the prints and you just see how sad he is. And Bill said, these logs would have been enough side to fire you. But add to that the outbursts in front of customers, spacing out on the job. I've seen you taking a 90-minute lunch break the other day, giving away free merchandise. What? Free disposable cameras on people's birthdays, Sai? You think we came up with that? You think that was company policy? 
No, p please, I, I can pay for the, the one camera. Please, I, you can't do this. I can, Sai. So, finish out the rest of your week and clear out your locker. And if you do something like fuck up today's prince as some, some sort of sick revenge on Save Mart, and Sai stands up angry for the first time and he says, I haven't fucked up a customer's prince in 11 years. We'll just get back out there for your last week. So Sai goes back to work, super emotional, and in walks Nina and Jake. They want to process the birthday gift. The free camera that they gave Jake, the one that he was fired over. So this time, Sai's in anger that he lost his job over them. Or maybe his own actions. I don't know. You get it. He's just upset that he was fired. He's really short and terse with the family for the first time ever. Nina even asks if he's okay. But he just brushes them off, goes to the back, and starts processing the pictures. So Sai can't print more. None to keep for himself. He develops the photos that Jake has taken and he sits in the corner on the speckled retail floor and he sees these pictures and none of them are good. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna put that out there. They're like random kid shots. You know how kids will take, like give a kid a film camera, you know exactly what type of pictures I'm talking about. There's gonna be one blurry one, another one of like a random water fountain, but it doesn't even look like a photo dump aesthetic. It just looks like, why'd you take a picture of the water just fountain? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a dump. And he's sitting there, passing one by one each photo on to the next. And I mean, the acting in this, I can't even describe it. And I think that's the first time that I've said that in a band. The acting in this, indescribable. The way that his face goes from, like almost this pained, happy expression. Mm. Pained, happy. And then it goes to utter longing and depression and and sorrow and the just the, the amount of complex emotions it's really hard to pinpoint which one is at the forefront of this character and his day is only about to get worse because he processes remember that maya girl he processes her photos and remember how he said that she looked familiar well he realized it was from a picture from the yorkin family she was in a big group photo of a bunch of parents that were volunteering or something you know and of course, being the paranoid person that he is, he's thinking maybe she's stalking the Yorkins. <laughs> she's in their picture, but they never mentioned her. She never really hung out with the Yorkins. She wasn't invited to their intimate dinner parties. He would know because they took pictures of those. But now she ends up at the same photo developing center. Maybe she's stalking them. So regardless, he develops her photos. And most of them are just Maya sitting at a beach. You know, it's very casual. She's eating a little watermelon, sipping on a little pina colada, smiling, posing. Someone's taking the picture of her. And well, the more he flips, it's Will Yorkin. Now we kind of guessed it, but Sai's reaction is a lot. He sees every flip is a progression of the affair of Will Yorkin. At first, it's just Maya and Will posing next to each other. And then it's Will kissing Maya on the neck and she's giggling. And, and then there's one of them full on like tongue to tongue, shirtless at the beach. And Sai's reaction is a lot. He goes to the back room and he full on starts crying as if he's the one being cheated on. Like this is his family that's about to be torn apart. This is how he ends the last day of his work. And on his way out, he is walking past to clear out his locker. He's walking past a display case and he sees a knife. He takes his key and steals the freaking knife. The rest of the day, you ask? He stalks Nina with his camera. 
follows her car wherever she wherever she goes. She had come to Safe Mart to pick up the um the pictures from Six Flags, mm -hmm. and he goes and we're heading down a dark path here. Now instead of finding a stalker, he becomes the full on stalker. He's following her on the road and he watches the car just driving, you know, making turns, and then all of a sudden Nina's car swerves to the side lane. It's like she didn't even get into an accident. It's like something startled her and she moved the car over. It was very dangerous. Jake was going through his pictures from Six Flags and Sai had snuck in the photos of Will having an affair. So Jake and Nina both saw it. That their dad, that their husband was cheating and it was traumatic if you ask me. And Sai seems heartbroken, like he doesn't even seem happy that he broke the news. Like, you know, some part of me thought maybe he was putting that in there because he wanted to be a little shit starter, but it didn't seem like that. He seemed sad that they were sad. He seemed stressed that they were stressed. He didn't seem like he was enjoying this at all. It's not like he wants Nina to break up with Will and to get together with him. He does not think of Nina like that at all. He just wants to be part of the family. He wants all of them in there with him. So that night, he goes to stalk the Yorkins, thinking Nina would break up with him, you know? He hates Will. He thinks Will doesn't deserve to be part of our family. I mean, the Yorkin family. And he watches through the camera lens, but Nina prepares a nice dinner. She doesn't look happy, but they're not fighting. Everyone's just trying to move on business as usual. Sai's upset, he throws his camera down in his car and he starts banging on his steering wheel. And he says, what the hell is wrong with these people? And he drives off in anger. He goes back home and he's staring at the pictures of the Yorkin family and he has this dream, a really creepy one that night, where he's inside the empty Safe Mart store, the entire store, completely white, nothing's on the shelves, he's just standing there with his eyes closed and the camera gets closer and closer and closer until finally his eyes open and they're bleeding. His eyes are splurting out blood until it's literally a fountain of blood and, Will and Sai wakes up screaming. Listen, this nightmare is gonna give me nightmares. It was so unexpected. I think with the whole filming style of this movie, it just came out of nowhere. It was like a jump scare almost. <laughs> what? what was that? But this like completely unhinges the dude. This is when Sai decides, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not acting normal. I'm gonna go full on just deranged, off the rails, unhinged. The first step, I don't understand, but this is the first step. Sai brings in a roll of film to be developed at the same place that he was just fired from, right? Just had his last day. So Bill, the boss, makes a whole scene of it. He stops Sai and he's like, whoa, what do you think you're doing here? You can't be here, you're not welcome here. I'm here to develop some film. Well, you can do that anywhere else in the entire world. No, I can't. I'm the one that calibrated this machine. It's the best cheap lab in the state for photos. There's customers looking, just this once. But after that, no more. So Yoshi, his coworker, develops the film, and Sai's gone now. Coworker rushes to Bill's office. Bill, I gotta show you something. What is it now, huh? What's he taking pictures of? I thought it was going to be pictures of Sai stalking the Yorkin family, right? Wrong. Oddly, he stalked Bill's daughter, and he took pictures of her while she was out playing in the yard. Like, very strange. They immediately call the police, which I don't blame them. Wouldn't you? It seems like a threat. Sai seems unhinged, and the police think that, you know what? This is a threat. This feels like a warning to Bill. They're taking it very seriously. Technically, Sai had indirectly threatened Bill's daughter, and they don't do play that? with that. Yeah, it's like... 
Why would you do that? Yeah, I think he's just unhinged at this point. Mm. So they don't play with that lightly. There's already a search warrant for his home, an APB out for his car. They have police stationed at the front and back of the safe mart. So the police go to the apartment to conduct their search warrant, right? And well, you guessed it. They find the Yorkin family photos, but on each photo that's taped to this massive living room wall, Sai had scratched out Will's face. Just looks like a horror movie. I mean, I guess it is a horror movie. It was so creepy. The police are able to find a family holiday card. That's the only reason that they knew who these people were. Because on that family holiday card, it's Will's face scratched out, Nina Yorkin, Jake Yorkin, and it says, Happy Holidays from the Yorkin family. I mean, I feel like Sai had to know that the police were coming to check out his place. It just doesn't make sense. Why would he even set up his boss like this? Why would he threaten his boss's daughter? I don't understand. But he starts stalking Maya and Will. Like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care to be home. He's just following them to a hotel. Yeah, they're going to a hotel. So he puts on a whole charade of reaching Maya's room. He gets on the phone and he's like, Hi, can I talk to Maya? She just checked in. Like, this is her brother. They connect to Maya's room. And when they connect, he says, hi, uh, this is room service. You ordered room service, right? Well, I just wanted to know if you guys wanted coffee with that. Um, no, it's fine. Sorry about that, okay then. Uh, room 217, right? Uh, no, we're room 511. Oh my, 511. I must be looking at the wrong order, so sorry about that. We'll have that right up. Then Will calls the hotel again and asks to be transferred to room service. And he says, hi, this is Will Yorkin from room 511. Just wanted to cancel room service, please. Thank you so much. So he's canceled room service, but he's telling Maya that room service will be right up. I mean, you can guess where this is going. Meanwhile, the police, they're headed to Nina's place. She says, Will's at work, but what's going on, officers? I mean, yeah, come on in. So the officers explain everything to her, and they even show her a picture of Will's face scratched out on one of the cards. So she keeps trying to call him in the office, but to no surprise, the motherforker's not there. And his assistant seems to be covering for him. Nina's freaking out. The officers even suggest telling her to get her son back home. So this is getting very real, very scary, very fast. So Nina screams into the phone at Will's assistant, who gets back on the line, and he's all like, Sorry, Nina, he's in a meeting right now, but I'll let him know that it's an emergency. He'll call you right when he gets back, as soon as possible. Dwayne, I know that he's f***ing Maya Pearson, and I don't give a shit about that right now. I need to know where the f*** he is. The police wouldn't make it to the hotel before Sai, because he was already at the room of 511, covering up the peephole with a sticker from his workplace. It said glossy, you know, like glossy prints, and a knife ready to go. Yeah. Room service. Yeah, uh, you could just leave it at the door, please. I'm afraid not, ma'am. You have to sign for this. Just one second. And as Maya opens up the door, Sai pushes it all the way in, hitting her head with the door. He slides himself in, locks the door, and holds the knife at the two naked people in front of him. Yeah, Will Yorkin's naked, Maya's naked. They're having a full-on affair. The knife that he stole? Yeah, the knife that he stole. He says, close the drapes and get on the bed. Will says, please, I, ha I have plenty of cash. Just let me get my cash. Shut up. Shut up. Close the drapes and get on the bed. Who told you to do that? And Will says, you just told me to close the drapes. I'm, clo I'm doing what you said. Please calm down. No. Who told you to wrap the towel around yourself? Who? No. That's not how it works around here. I tell you to do things and then you fucking do it exactly like I tell you. I'm going to tell you this one time and one time only. Do you understand? No get on the bed. On the bed, Will tries to comfort Maya. 
And Sai says, stop, stop! Am I talking to a brick wall? Did I tell you to touch her? No. If you, if you touch her again, I'm going to stab you in the heart, okay? Now, Missy, take off your robe. And at that moment, the hotel phone rings. It's the police. They're rushing there. But no one would pick up their call. M Maya says, no, I'm not taking off my robe, please. And she's sobbing. Sai gets in her face and says, I'm not asking. I'm telling. Take off the robe now. Will tries to help, but Sai screams, she can do it. So now both of them are naked on the bed. And he starts taking pictures of them in inappropriate poses. But they're never, like, doing it. Like, he's not forcing them to do anything inappropriate. I mean, I guess this is all inappropriate, but he's not, like, forcing them to actually do anything. Mm -hmm. But they're pretending. And um, Sai just keeps asking them, what's the matter? Why are you crying? I thought this was all fun. Sai has them pose in really uncomfortable sexual weird poses like almost like mannequins they're pretending to perform fellatio and just doing all of these really grotesque things they're so traumatized i mean both of them are sobbing during this and maybe that's the point maybe he's trying to traumatize them so that they can never do it with each other again maybe they can never find each other attractive again i don't know it's weird but he takes photos of the whole thing and then he just slips out of the room into his own hotel room because he booked one on the fifth floor too he lays in the bed he probably knows what's about to come. You think that these two are not going to call the cops? <laughs> he puts his camera on the nightstand of the hotel. And he's just kind of waiting. But then last minute he decides, wait, I don't want to go to prison. So he slips out of the hotel room and down the stairs trying to make a getaway. But there's police stationed at the front. They've arrived at the hotel now. So he tries to take the back rooms and back entrance and he's desperate. He doesn't even care about setting off alarms just so that he gets out. And he does. He ends up in the hotel parking lot and he's running down the circular car ramp but ends up face to face with police cars. Like surrounded. Bright car lights and guns shining directly at him. Other detectives find Will and Maya physically unharmed but beyond traumatized in the hotel room. They're not even comforting each other. Maya's in the tub sitting while letting the water run through her hair. Will is sitting on the edge of the bed looking traumatized. I mean, he knows he's screwed. Even when he goes back to his family, escorted by the police, like, everyone knows what happened. Jake is just so happy to see him, but Nina, on the other hand, she just stands there staring. At least Sai was caught, right? <laughs> right? So that's how we end up back in the opening scene of Sai in the all-white interrogation room, and he's staring at the detective in front of him. And he says, are you married, detective? Do you have any children? Sai, I will be the one asking questions here. Just this one question, please. Detective, are you a family man? It's none of your business, Sai. I know. I know it isn't. I'm guessing by your answer and the ring on your finger that you are. And that makes you a very fortunate man. And I can also tell by the way that you've treated me and the way that you carry out your job that you're a good man, a good husband, and a good father. Someone who appreciates his good fortune. You're not the type of father who would cheat on his wife, <laughs> hurt his family, betray their trust. You would, you, would, you would never neglect and abuse your children, horrible demands of your children. You would never ask. And Sai's voice starts breaking, and the detective is listening, and honestly, he seems to be compassionate towards Sai. He says, you would never ask your children to do things that children shouldn't do. You would never take disgusting, sick, degrading photos of your children doing those things. What? You would never treat your children like animals. Will Yorkin had it all and he threw it all away. 
He's not a good father. The detective nodded. Um, I think I understand now, Sai. Thank you for answering my question so candidly. And as the detective gets up to leave, Sai says, Can I see my pictures now? And the detective throws down the photos onto the table. And with handcuffs, you see Sai gets so excited about the photos, and he starts taking them out one by one and arranging them on this white desk in the police interrogation room. None of them are what I thought they would be. None of them are of Will and Maya. They're all pictures of the bathroom and parts of the hotel room. Like, mm-hmm. zoomed in on the nightstand, zoomed in on the telephone. He never took pictures of them doing those inappropriate things. He just faked it to pretend that he was taking a picture of them? And, yeah, and after he's done straightening them out, he sits there staring at the photos. The photos of this bland white bathroom and random objects in the bland hotel room and this bland interrogation room. And in that moment, he has never felt more alone in his entire life. And he looks up. And instead of choosing to see the room in front of him, Sai envisions a picture of him next to Will and Nina and Jake. It seems like even in the end, he would rather be in his delusions than face the reality that he was completely alone. Mm. And that is the end. Okay, I have so much to say about this. I don't even know if I would categorize this as a thriller. I think even the pictures that Sai took are indicative of the movie trying to show Sai as this adult that had never experienced a childhood. So he's almost naive throughout the entirety of this video. He doesn't really have social cues. And the fact that he's looking through these pictures that he took at the end, they're very reminiscent of the pictures that Jake took at Six Flags, of random Mm. objects. So there's kind of this parallel there. They're not in the cool photo dump way just super random, not aesthetic. And I know that this sounds like a story about Sai becoming a creepy stalker or him becoming some sort of deranged serial killer, but he really is just a lonely, tragic man. Like a man that is suffering in crippling, paralyzing loneliness. He did not have a single person. And even the photo thing, I think is really symbolic because it's kind of like social media. You know, there may be a lot of people out there that feel this sense of emptiness and that nobody in their lives they can reach out to. Nobody really cares for them. Yet all day, all day, they're surrounded by pictures of the happiest families. The kids beaming at their parents. I mean, even what he just said of nobody takes a picture of a moment they want to forget. Mm-hmm. Nobody really posts yeah. moments that they want to forget on social media. Exactly. I thought that was really deep yeah like couples falling in love like he's surrounded by these pictures and these happy people who are just filled with love and yet he feels so lonely i mean imagine if your job was to just study instagram photos of everyone being happy eight hours a day all day i think it would make anybody miserable yeah so is what he did right no (laughs) but i think it's just so depressing i also think that the fact that Robin Williams has passed also added just another layer of emotional to this movie. I don't think maybe it would have been there otherwise. A lot of people speculate that he was able to embody the character of Sai so well because he himself in his real life might have felt that sense of loneliness. Like he understood that emotion and it's a very complex emotion, you know? How do you tell the viewer that you're lonely just by looking at something, looking at a photo? How do you convey utter loneliness was it a good movie yeah it was less of a thriller and more depressing 
In comparison, I would think it's easier to show that you're happy or angry or sad, but loneliness is such a nuanced emotion.、Mm-hmm. And that just makes the whole thing more sad. What's wild is that people who worked on the set for this movie said that、um, in between takes, Robin Williams would instantly go back to his goofy self and he would try to entertain everyone on set.、Mm-hmm. And then, right when they yelled action, it's like he just disappeared into sigh. Was it because he was so talented or. Was it just easy? Because maybe he related to Sai on some sort of level. So it's hard to say like, which part of Robin Williams was acting when they were not filming or when they were filming. I also think the reason that he did the hotel stint in the movie, like setting up Will and Maya, I think he wanted them to suffer, right? And the only suffering that he knew was being on the other side of the camera doing really inappropriate things at someone else's orders and having photos taken of him as a kid. So maybe he thought that、um, this act would really traumatize Will, and it's exactly what he deserved, right? I think he definitely saw his own dad in Will, but he would never stoop down to his dad's level and actually take the photos. I also think that he was kind of angry with Nina for not leaving Will. Because remember, he was like, What the hell is wrong with these people? These people, maybe he was mad at his mom for never leaving his dad, even though his dad had done unspeakable things to him. And maybe that's why he even refused to acknowledge his mom. The only time his mom came up was when he brought a random person's photo at a vintage shop. Yeah. And also, another thing the only,、uh, the only person that ever addressed the fact that Sai was lonely and sad was Jake.、Mm-hmm. And maybe that's another connection to Sai's character、oh. still being lost in that childhood innocence, you know? All of the rest of the adults in the film, they just brushed it off. Or maybe, like, Jay also s e e himself in Sai? Yeah. Like, you know how kids are very introspective?、Mm-hmm. So maybe the two of them can see that in each other. Yeah. And, you know, the rest of the adults, they all were like, no, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's happy. But maybe none of this would have happened if just one adult had checked up on him. I don't know. It's just so sad. I think the moral of the story, if there even is one, is that it didn't feel like a thriller. It just. But it was scary. Like, almost in a raw sense, because I feel like loneliness is one of these. Scariest human emotions. Like, people will do anything, like things that sound unthinkable, unfathomable, to escape that smothering, never ending feeling of loneliness. I hope you guys enjoyed today's Bacon a Mystery, Bacon a Murder. Please stay safe out there and, yeah, just be very careful about what you get developed on film. It's a numbers game, right? There's gotta be some people who keep your photos. Gotta be at least one. I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye!